you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio and the specialist, Cast of Dozens. And I was put on this show each and every day, each and every week. Here we are. It is week 14. It is Bipocalypse 2. It is the final week of the regular season. I feel like that old Mark Wahlberg movie, like George Clooney, The Perfect Storm, like all these waves converging on us at once, and somehow we're on this tiny little boat that has to make it through. Are we going to survive? <laughs> uh, some of us will. Not not every <laughs> fantasy team will come out on the other side, unfortunately, because if, if you don't make it past this week, your, your season is over. But... Schedule makers, uh, we need to. You need to meet up with Marcus we gotta, we next have year. A talk. And we no more week. Not six teams. Like like, you could have. There, there's been so many weeks with two teams on by. We could have spread this out a little better, right? Like we need to get on the phone. And I think they had some of the the programming and broadcast people on uh, GMFB on on Wednesday morning. Like we should talk to them. Maybe they can talk to the scheduling people because the league. Uh, for fantasy folks, they did us dirty this year, so hopefully we can <laughs> we can put a bug in in Roger Goodell's ear and make this not happen in the future. Of course, we're going to talk about all the games on the Week 14 slate, uh, minus the Monday night game, but we'll get to every other game on Thursday and Sunday. We'll do some heroes and villains, sleepers and streamers, because with so many teams on a bye and so many players injured, very much going to be an issue where you're going to need some streamers, which is a good way to remind you that, of course, as we have talked about, six teams are on a bye. The Atlanta Falcons, the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, the Washington Commanders, the Indianapolis Colts, and the New Orleans Saints all have the week off. Maybe it doesn't affect you quarterback-wise, but certainly there are some running backs and receivers that are going to be unavailable to you this week. That gets us to what we always do at this time, which is our fantasy headlines. We will start in Baltimore where Ravens head coach John Harbaugh says that Lamar Jackson is week-to-week week and unlikely to play on Sunday against the Steelers. There are reports that Lamar could miss one to three weeks due to a knee sprain that he suffered last week against the Broncos. So is there anyone you trust starting in a Ravens jersey with Lamar Jackson likely out? It's just Mark Andrews, and that's because he's a tight end. And, I mean, what, are you going to pick up Hunter Henry or, and play him over Mark Andrews <laughs> or, or something like that? Like, I, I We're going to get think, that question this week. You know that's coming. Yeah, right? I, I personally don't think I have the stomach to sit a Mark Andrews, especially if it's a must-win game for me. Uh, and, and the caveat being that Mark Andrews averaged more fantasy points per game last year without Lamar Jackson than with Lamar Jackson. So I, I think you could start him besides that. I'm staying far away from the Ravens. It is rough because the running back situation is bad. They don't have any wide receivers. I mean, they've been trying to make it work with, like, Demarcus Robinson and James Prochet. I am completely staying away from anybody not named Mark Andrews in that Baltimore and, offense. And hopefully Lamar's back sooner than later. 
I, I think it was Prochet. They had throw a pass the other day, and he threw that, it. That ended badly. Yeah, like, <laughs> no more of that, please. That ended really, really badly. Speaking of pass catchers, Odell Beckham Jr. visited with the Cowboys on Monday. Did not work out for Dallas and isn't working out for any other teams. Of course, OBJ recovering from an ACL tear that he suffered in last year's Super Bowl. Speaking on his weekly radio show, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said he's, quote, not confident at all about signing a player the team hasn't seen on the field. I know you and I have said both on this show and on Fantasy Live, like it just doesn't make sense for people to be picking up and stashing OBJ. There were just so many questions. Right now, it looks like he's not going to sign with any teams. Can we just move on and drop OBJ now? Yeah, I... I me and you have kind of talked about this a lot. Like, Odell is getting overrated in a sense. Like, I think Odell could come in and make an impact in a real-life sense. Like, he could be a chain mover, a possession-type receiver, uh, come up big in the playoffs for, like, the Cowboys or the Bills or one of those teams. But people are treating Odell Beckham like they're going to get, you know, over-the-head, back, like, over-the-head catch, <laughs> one-handed catch, Odell Beckham. Like, that guy is long gone. So... Yeah, I think at this point it's very safe to drop I mean, Odell. You're talking about a wide receiver on the wrong side of 30, nine months removed from his second major knee injury. There were just way too many question marks there. And I think people were just sort of looking at the name and, and seeing if they could add that. But the actual production, I just don't really see it coming. And now it's definitely not coming if he's not signing with any teams uh, for the remainder even, of the season. Even let's say if he was to sign today, mm -hmm. he has to learn a playbook. He has to practice. He has to get the chemistry down. Like, you're not going to start him at all in the fantasy playoffs. I was say, best case scenario, you get a game maybe yeah. out of him. And, and are you going to be brave enough in like the fantasy championship to play him in his first game? Not I, sir. Not I. Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero are reporting that the Rams have claimed quarterback Baker Mayfield. In fact, the Rams tweeted out a picture of Baker in his snazzy new number 17 jersey. Weird to see him wearing number 17, but whatever. Mayfield was released earlier in the week by the Carolina Panthers. The Rams recently placed Matthew Stafford on injured reserve. Baker now has a chance for a fresh start in a Sean McVay offense. So does this move say more about Stafford? Does it say more about Baker? And does this make you excited at all about any of the Rams? I think this just says the most about everyone involved. Like, <laughs> like Baker has played so poorly that he ended up on waivers from a team that chose to start Sam Darnold over him. And then the Rams, I've never seen a team go from riches to rags this fast before. Right. Like, uh, it's gotten this bad. What, I saw producer Alex Wilk walking in the building. I was, like, excited about Baker. And he was like, he's better than what we have right now. <laughs> so, yeah, that just tells you how bad things have gone for, for the Rams. And my hope here, though, no offense to Baker Mayfield, please do not be a Ram next season because we I cannot have you ruin Cooper Cup like you've ruined other wide receiver ones. Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens with that, whether or not he sticks around beyond the offseason because, yeah, Cooper Cup has been gold, and I don't, I don't want that to go away. And, and Matt Stafford, I, I think it's fair to – question like is football a part of his future anymore that, that's a good question I mean a spinal contusion is a serious serious thing and if you're Matthew Stafford you you've played over a decade you've gotten your Super Bowl championship now I don't know that there's much left to accomplish so it wouldn't be surprising if maybe we're nearing the end of the line for Matt Stafford let's do some heroes and villains of the week let's start with the guy who is probably going to ooh, we have a new graphic for heroes and villains that's new that's that's fun that's fun. Yay. Shout out to the specialists. Yeah, man. I dig new graphics, even if it comes in week 14. Like, I don't care. Uh, Heroes and Villains of the Week, who's the guy who's going to help lead your team to victory? 
He's been helping lead plenty of people the last couple of weeks to victory. It's Garrett Wilson, who in the two games with Mike White is averaging 25 fantasy points per game. He has a huge target and air yard share in those games. And he's played five games this season without Zach Wilson. Three of them, he's been a top 10 wide receiver. I, I think it's fair to say Garrett Wilson is a borderline wide receiver one moving forward. Uh, and this week against the Bills, this was once a tough matchup, but the Bills in the last uh, month, they've allowed a bunch of production to wide receivers. Plus, I think this is a game where the Bills will have a lead. I know they didn't have a big lead the first time they played the Jets. Josh Allen in his career has gone off against teams the second time he faces them. So if if Josh Allen looks like Josh Allen, the Bill, the Jets are going to have to throw the ball, which means only good things for Garrett Wilson. And with the news that Von Miller is out for the rest of the year, not that he was necessarily expected back this week, uh, still not much of a pass rush for Buffalo. <laughs> one Pour one silent, out. One silent tear for Florio right there. <laughs> My hero of the week is going to be DeAndre Swift because he's back in our lives, it would appear, there in Detroit. We went a few weeks where he wasn't really much of a thing. By the way, I love the new hero graphic, too. It's like a super strong dude with a cape. That's pretty awesome. Anyway, <laughs> hopefully DeAndre Swift can cape up and carry you to a fantasy victory this week because it looks like he's sort of – I won't say back in the good graces. I don't think things were bad, but I do think they were things that the coaches were wanting to see from him that they hadn't. And it appears that they're starting to get more of what they want out of DeAndre Swift. So he's back to taking the lead, it appears, in the backfield in terms of snaps and touches. Jamal Williams isn't going away, so don't get that twisted. But DeAndre Swift looks like he's back to being that guy that could be kind of a high-end RB2 for you. And this week, a very good matchup against the Vikings. The Lions at 5-7. and seven, are a favorite against the 10 and 2 Vikings this week. Which they're is, the favorites? They're the favorites right now. What? Which is wild. So we'll see whether that matters, but I do think it could be a very entertaining, very high scoring game. They the, the Lions have a favorable schedule down the stretch. I am pulling so hard. For, like I told this to Cynthia Freeland yesterday. I was like, outside of the Bills, the Lions are probably the team I'm rooting for the most right it's, now. You know what? They're playing meaningful football in December, and it's not very often you can say that about the Detroit Lions. So shout out to Dan Campbell and his coaching staff for actually putting this together and making this happen. Let's talk some villains. Who's the guy that's going to let you down this week? Devonta Smith, who is coming off of one of his best games of the year where he had 21 fantasy points, but he had been below 14 in the five prior games to that and single digits in three of them. And then what worries me is 43% of his yards this season have come on passes of at least 10 air yards, uh, 10 or more. The Giants are in the bottom third in the league and production allowed on those deep passes. Plus they've just been tough on wide receivers in general. I think this is a game where we could see AJ Brown do his thing, where we could see the, the Eagles run game, do their thing. But if Devonta Smith doesn't catch a long ball, which the giants have limited, I, I think he could disappoint. Uh, yeah. I, and plus just the, the history this year says he's kind of up and down that it's not very often he puts together back to back big games. So we'll see what happens there. My villain of the week is going to be James Conner, who last year was a fantasy hero. This year, he's been somewhere in the middle, but I don't know that this is going to be a good week for him as we see the little devil graphic pop up for a fantasy villain there. Uh, just, if anything, I think this is a week that the Cardinals have to throw the football. The Patriots have been incredibly tough on running games all year long, even in the last four weeks, just not giving up a whole lot on the ground. Maybe you see a situation where Connor catches a couple of passes, but I don't think that's enough to really keep him afloat. And so you may really be praying for him to get in the end zone in order to have a decent day. But if you have other options, maybe you get away from him. I get it if you have to play him, but this is not a week 
that I really want to have to rely on James Conner because I just don't like the situation at all. Time to turn our focus to Thursday night football. Game is going to be played uh, maybe, what, about a driver's length away over there at SoFi Stadium. It's going to be the Raiders and the Rams, 815 Eastern. You can see that on Prime Video. Also stream it on NFL+. Plus. Last week, Cam Akers rose from his fantasy coma to score a couple of touchdowns, get you 60 yards on the ground. This week, a so-so matchup. How confident are you in starting Cam Akers? So I'm not like super confident in, in saying get him in your starting lineup right now, but I think if you're looking at the waiver wire or maybe your bench, something like that for a streaming option, that's where Cam Akers comes into play. Like that's what you always say, Marcus. You can't trust Sean McVay on a week to week basis with his running backs. But last week we did see Akers play 73% of the snaps. He had 17 of the 20 running back carries uh, and then scored the two touchdowns. And this is just about the matchup. The Raiders, uh, they're in the top 10 in the last on the year and in the month in fantasy points allowed to running backs. Again, not someone that I'm super bullish about, but if I'm going a little bit deeper with six teams on by this week, Akers is someone I think you could plug in. Yeah, I think that's the argument is that there are a lot of teams on buying. You probably need a running back, but I'm not excited about it. I am not very <laughs> confident about it just because – Maybe he gets the lead. Maybe they decide to go back to Kyron Williams. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they try to get Steven Jackson out of retirement and give him some carries, too. I <laughs> I'd rather that. that to be Honestly, honest. I, would, I think I'd rather have that than, than either of the options the, the Rams are running out there right now. So I, I think the argument in his favor is, is the matchup, maybe volume, but I just I can't peg this, this Rams running back room, and I would try to stay away from it if I could. On the other side, there has been no doubt about who the Raiders RB1 is. It's Josh Jacobs, hands down. He's been amazing. Had 144 yards last week. Had that 300-yard game a couple of weeks ago. Does he get into Club Dub? For those of you who, who uh, follow us on the Start Sit Show, you know Club Dub. It's the guaranteed 25 points of the week for a player. <laughs> Does Josh Jacobs, does he get through the velvet ropes? Does he get past the bouncer and into club dub this week? Where, where's my money gun? Right. Because <laughs> I'm saying yes, because the Rams defense is super banged up right now. And Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams are the entire Raiders offense. And this is a meaningful game for the Raiders. I know early in the year it looked like they were just their season was over, but they've got on this winning streak. And they're only a couple of games back of a playoff spot. So this is a very big game for them. I think they will ride Josh Jacobs, especially if they have a lead. My only concern here, Marcus, is he's been dealing with a calf injury. It's on a short week. I wonder if they jump out to a lead. Do they say, hey, let's put Josh Jacobs back on the sideline and save him? That's part of the reason I'm saying close, but not quite. I think he gets you over 20 points, not quite to 25. Look, that's still a really good game. You're going to take it, absolutely. But I do think maybe the short week sort of impacts things. Plus, there's always the, you know, the real, very real possibility that Devontae Adams goes berserk because you know, people have sort of overlooked the fact, as we talk about how bad the Rams' offense is, that the Rams' secondary has given up a lot of big plays in the passing game, and we know Devontae Adams can do that. So I think it's a good game for Josh Jacobs, not quite enough to get him in the club unless maybe he slips the bouncer like you know a, a little cash or something on the under to, to get him through the doors. Check out this juicy nugget dug up by our trusted research team. About Deontay Johnson, he is just the sixth wide receiver since targets started being tracked in 1992 to have 100 or more targets and zero receiving touchdowns in a season. We've talked a lot about how Deontay Johnson is getting a lot of usage, getting a lot of looks, hasn't really amounted to a whole lot in fantasy production. 
They've got the Ravens this week. Is this the week that Deontay Johnson finally cracks the end zone and scores a touchdown? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, this, this to me, is shaping up to be like a run fest. There's going to be no Lamar Jackson. Uh, so I think this will be a low-scoring, just gritty divisional game. I think we're going to get a lot of Najee Harris. I, I'm excited to start him, and that's kind of it when the Steelers, because Kenny Pickett, he's throwing like one touchdown a game. So if you don't get that, I mean, Deontay Johnson had 11 targets last week. He turned it into 11 fantasy points, and that was his high with Kenny Pickett this year. Like, it's just, it's been awful. And plus, on top of that, George Pickens was super angry after the game, and the Steelers were, Mike Tomlin was like, I like that. So I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if maybe he's getting more volume. Oh, so this might be the squeaky wheel game for George Pickens a little bit. I'm with you, though. I I don't think this is the week that Deontay Johnson gets in the end zone. I don't expect a lot of scoring in this game between these two teams. You mentioned no Lamar Jackson. The Steelers' offense has not been exactly dynamic so far this season, so... Uh, I, I feel like this is going to be low scoring. There may only be a couple touchdowns total in this game. Maybe one for either side and a whole bunch of field goals and a lot of running the football. So, uh, sorry, Deontay. You might have to wait another week before we talk about you getting in the end zone here. Back to our game previews for week 14. Jets at the Bills. And Bam Knight has been a guy we've been talking about as a waiver wire ad and a potential starter for a lot of fantasy teams. Playoffs on the line. You need a win to get in this week. Do you trust Zonovan Bam Knight? It's tough because Michael Carter's looking like he's going to return this week. If Carter was out, I'd say 100% because the Bills have been struggling against the run. No Von Miller, like you said, uh, sadly. But... Michael Carter coming back, that that makes things a little bit more complicated because we've seen Ty Johnson used in the passing game. Uh, We've seen Knight get the bulk of the the groundwork. I saw one reporter, I'm forgetting which one, but say that he still expects Zonovan Knight to lead the way, but that's speculation until we see it. Uh, it would depend on your options. Like I, I would not. I like I would sit him in favor of like the Miami running backs who have a good matchup as well. But like I, I think I would play him over say the Bills running backs. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it would really depend on who my options are. But with Michael Carter playing, that kind of has me out on Bam Knight. And even with the you know, saying he's going to lead the way, that doesn't mean he's going to be the guy. You yeah, know, that that certainly means Carter can can cycle in there. Maybe they decide to go with a third running back. So there's just too many things at play here. And let's go back to what you were saying. If the Bills can get their offense together and go out and score points, then that certainly potentially takes the running game out of play in the game script there. So I would probably stay away from him if I could. Anything else, though, that maybe people should pay attention to in this one? I think James Cook is a sleeper. And in my uh, my league of record, I, I – Use the 10 fab dollars that I had left to get him on my roster because I I think that the upside is high. Last week, he played the same number of snaps as Devin Singletary. He actually had more carries. He got some goal line work, even though it was Singletary that scored the touchdown. And then he had six targets, and that's notable to me because Devin Singletary's pass game usage has vanished. Like, in in the last five games, he has two targets or less in four of them, and there's a three-game stretch where he has, like, two targets total. Whereas James Cook, we've been saying all year, the Bills want some of running back who could be used in the passing game. And I continue to be on the side of, even if we see a split down the middle with Singletary and Cook, I would rather James Cook because he is 
far more explosive. He's more explosive, and he's going to get that passing game work that definitely upgrades him in terms of his potential fantasy floor uh, and maybe the ceiling as well. Browns at the Bengals, the Battle of Ohio, and Joe Mixon, as long as he's healthy and back on the field, is a must start. And look, I'll even say if it's not Joe Mixon, I would pivot that to some IJ Ryan. But looking for Joe Mixon to be back out of concussion protocol and getting to play for the Bengals. And it's, it's simple. We have been picking on the Browns' run defense all year long. It has been a pretty tried and true thing. And Mixon, we sort of talked about it earlier in the week, right? Mixon, a more talented back than Samaj P. Ryan, but that offense keeps chugging along. So now you plug Mixon back in there. I expect him to be incredibly efficient. He's going to hopefully get some targets. We'll see how much of the two-minute offense he gets. But either way, this feels like an absolute no-brainer start. For a guy whose schedule isn't particularly great in the fantasy playoffs, this might be one of the last few times you can feel really super confident about using him there. Texans at the Cowboys. It's the battle of the state of Texas. I'm old enough to remember in the very first ever Houston Texans game, David Carr was the starter, and somehow the Texans beat the Dallas Cowboys. It was wow, phenomenal. Anyway, Davis Mills is back as the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans, if that does anything for you. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Will Michael Gallup be a top 20 fantasy receiver this week? He was the wide receiver 16 in week 13 with a pair of touchdowns. That was against a Colts team that just looked absolutely clueless in the second half. Can he double up and be a top 20 wide receiver again this week? I'm excited about Michael Gallup rest of the season. The Cowboys have a pretty favorable schedule, but not this week because the Texans won. Their secondary has been better than they get credit for. Like They have not allowed a lot of production to quarterbacks or receivers, partially because you can run all over them, and we know that the Cowboys are fine doing that. Like This could be a game where we see Zeke and Tony Pollard combine for like 35-plus touches, I think, and... If that's the case, it just limits the upside of the receivers. Plus, the it's going to be hard if the defense is getting like seven touchdowns to, for, for Michael Gallup to get multiple again because you saw what the Cowboys defense did and then you saw what the Texans offense allowed to the Browns defense. Yeah, last week the Cowboys defense limited the opportunities for their offense because they just kept scoring and they kept putting the Colts <laughs> offense back out on the field. I don't think Gallup hits top 20 this week simply because of, as you mentioned, I don't know that the opportunity is going to be there just because why would you when you have two backs like Pollard and Zeke who can go against that awful Houston Texans run defense. I will also tell you that the Cowboys defense is an absolute must start. You're probably starting them anyway because they've been one of the top defenses in fantasy all year long. And now there's a potential bonanza happening for you against the Texans this week. We we saw how awful it was last week against the Cleveland Browns and the Browns putting up 30 fantasy points. I'm not going to sit here and guarantee you 30 fantasy points for this Cowboys defense, but I do think a big day is coming. Even with Davis Mills back as the starter, that only changes things ever so slightly. There's going to be sacks. There's possibly going to be turnovers. And the Cowboys could be one of those teams that helps you along to victory in Week 14. Vikings at the Lions. We just mentioned this. The Lions, despite being 5-7, and seven, are a favorite at home against the Minnesota Vikings. And you have a, is this a little revenge that you have on your mind? In-season revenge. I think one guy is going to be like, you guys traded me, and, and now I get to go against you, and I'm going to make you pay for that. I, I Maybe not. But TJ Hawkinson, I think, is a start even because – not even because of revenge, just because of the matchup. Like, the Lions have struggled. They've allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game in the position this year. That's over 14 per game. Uh, they're also top four in yards and touchdowns allowed to players in the slot. Hawkinson has led the Vikings in slot targets since he's joined them, uh, and, and I, I think that bodes well for him. Plus, 
when we're talking about a tight end, like Hawkinson, his floor is like seven, eight fantasy points. That's pretty safe. And then, and then the ceiling is obviously much higher. I wonder if he sat and watched the A.J. Brown revenge game from last week and is like, <laughs> yep, I'm doing that. I mean, I he's, not gonna so. make, he's not going to make incredible contested catches like A.J. Brown did downfield. But, imagine he did, though. But like, imagine if he did. <laughs> that would be incredible. So start T.J. Hawkinson also because he's one of, like, three tight ends that we can count on on a regular basis left in fantasy this year. Eagles at the Giants. Pretty big game in the NFC East. Of course, the Eagles trying to stay hot. The Giants trying to hang in there. They are in playoff contention right now and trying to stay in that race. You can start Miles Sanders this week. And it hasn't necessarily been a given each and every week. He started the season hot. He sort of cooled off a little bit. And some of it always depends on what the Eagles' game plan is. This is a week where I don't know that they go heavy in the pass game. We saw that last week. This week, I think this is a week that they can try to run the football because in the last month, a Giants run defense has been softened up quite a bit. So I think we see Sanders get involved. I think this is week we see Jalen Hurts doing things with his legs and maybe occasionally getting the ball out to A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. But I don't think the wide receivers are going to have as big a game this week as they did last week. I think this is going to be more of a ground and pound sort of offense for Philly. And that's good news for anybody that has Miles Sanders in their lineup. Got a lot more to talk about here on the show. Bucks and 49ers. We're going to talk about Mike Evans and maybe what we're doing with Debo Samuel. That's coming up after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Plus is here. It's been here pretty much all season, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. You can stream live, local, and primetime games on your phone or tablet. 45-minute game replays with NFL Plus Premium, which is clutch and more. This is the NFL for every fan. This is football freedom. This is your game on the go. Go to plus.nfl.com and sign up now. Back to our game previews, the Ravens at the Steelers. We are pretty sure we're not going to see Lamar Jackson, and we've decided that Deontay Johnson's not going to score a touchdown, so please give us some sort of positive news here. Start Najee Harris. Look, I I know it was rough for Najee Harris early in the year, but he's been better as of late, and I don't think he's gotten enough credit for it. In three of the last four games, he has at least 17 carries and at least 86 rushing yards in them. And then after having one touchdown through the first 10 weeks of the season, he has three rushing touchdowns in his last three games. So he, he's getting more utilized there. Uh, and even the passing game usage continues to be up and down. But this is a game that I think is going to be close. It's going to be ugly. You know, they're going to try to get Najee Harris the ball. This game's not going to be fun to watch. I mean, it's, it's going to be just a slugfest between these two teams. Neither offense is particularly great. The defenses are good enough. But it's nice to know that we can at least count on something <laughs> in this football game. Jaguars at the Titans. Last week, not a great week for Travis Etienne. Not a great week for the Jaguars offense as a whole. They only scored 14 points. Does Etienne bounce back this week against uh, pretty good Titans run defense? I don't think so. Um, and, and this is what I wrote in my Stardom Sidham intro. I was like... 
Uh, an example of a player that I really wanted to cons- to write as a sit was Travis Etienne. Uh, but in, I can't in good conscience tell you to sit him with six teams on by this week. Meaning that, like, if you have other options, get away from him. But the chances are that many managers with him don't have anyone who brings his kind of upside. So while I don't love his matchup and I don't love how he's been used and the production we've been getting him out of lately, I think the upside is too high that unless you have another reliable running back, and in spots like I'm starting James Cook because of buys or Latavius Murray, there's no way I could ever sit ETN in a situation like that. That's going to be the hard part is that you probably don't have anybody to replace him. But I have a sense... This game is going to be contested through the air. You're talking about two of the top 12 run defenses in the NFL. Meanwhile, these are two of the bottom three or four pass defenses in the league, which is why I've got Zay Jones as a sleeper. And I know we talked about this last week, right? We were big on Zay Jones against the Lions, and it didn't work out from an execution standpoint. It was not from an opportunity standpoint. He played about 81% of the snaps. He had seven targets. Christian Kirk had eight. So there were plenty of chances for him to make plays last week against Detroit. It just didn't happen. He had a number of drops. So that gives me confidence to sort of double down on this again. He is very much in the mix there in Jacksonville. He's earning targets. He has the trust of Trevor Lawrence. So the opportunities are going to be there. We just need him to squeeze the football. And like I said, got a great matchup against that Titans secondary, the one that just got torched by the duo of A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith last week. They may have their hands full with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones this week. Chiefs at the Broncos, which I think before the season, this game looked a lot more appealing than it does right now. Good news for you and for the Chiefs. Kadarius Tony is back at practice, so we'll see whether he actually makes it onto the field this week, but there's at least reason to be optimistic about it. But there's somebody that you're not all that optimistic about. I'm saying beware of Juju Smith-Schuster in this game because there's a lot of reasons. One, in his last two games combined, he has seven targets and fewer than 40 yards in each of them, plus... Patrick Sertan is on the other side, and as bad as the Denver Broncos have been this year, it's entirely on their offense. Like, their defense is one of the very best in the NFL. They're also one of the very best at limiting wide receivers. Only the Colts have allowed fewer fantasy points per game this year. Uh, Plus, I am curious to see if they use Sertan more on Kelsey or Juju, but either way, with Juju struggling, with the matchup being tough, and then with this being a game where the Chiefs probably don't have to score a lot of points, like... 10 points might be enough to put away the the Broncos. I don't know how aggressive they will be. And then also, I I guess if there's one positive here, Marcus, it's that this is a little sneak preview for people to decide what to do with Juju because they get this matchup again in championship week. So (laughs) there's a thing going around on on fantasy Twitter right now. Will Russell Wilson throw throw for more touchdowns than he has toilets in his house? He has 12 toilets in his house. I think he, they said, I think I read that he has to average one touchdown pass per game for the rest of the season to surpass that 12. The problem is he's averaging like 0.73 touchdown passes per game. So there's a very real question whether or not he will end the season with more toilets in his home than touchdown passes this year. Oh, I, I, think, I think he's going to surpass the toilets just because of his, like, after the Chiefs, they get the Cardinals, the Rams, the Chiefs again, and then the Chargers. Like, if you can't throw one touchdown pass per week in that schedule, what are we doing? Well, I mean, this is this is something to watch now. We are on <laughs> Russell Wilson toilet watch at this point. 
That was the most well-timed that was drop so perfect. ever. So we're gonna keep an eye on that. We're gonna we're gonna keep tracking this as we get through the remainder of the season. Panthers at the Seahawks, two teams whose uniforms I feel like look almost identical if you're not really paying attention. Fantasy-wise, though, I think you can start Deontay Foreman. Uh, the Panthers are coming off a bye. And even though you go back to week 12, it was a fairly even split between Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Foreman did have the majority of the snaps. He had more rushing attempts, went for over 100 yards on 24 carries a couple of weeks ago. And now he gets the Seahawks defense that, look, we've talked in throughout the year about them getting better than where they were at the start of the season. Let's not forget the fact, though, that they have been run on all year long. And yes, the big, huge Josh Jacobs game was sort of the headliner, but they gave up over 100 yards to Rashad White the week before that. The week after that, they gave up the two rushing touchdowns to Cam Akers. So this is a run defense that has been fairly bad all season long. The Panthers want to run the football. They don't necessarily want to trust any of the quarterbacks. I guess they don't have to worry about Baker Mayfield anymore. So this feels like a nice Deontay Foreman week for Carolina. Bucks at 49ers which I think we should talk about the fact that this is a matchup of two late-round quarterbacks, right? You've got Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever heard this, but Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. I don't think, Whoa. I don't think people know that about him. How, how did the Patriots get him in the sixth round? Uh, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so, like, yeah, he's, so we're talking about two late-round quarterbacks here that I don't know if they're going to have a future in this league. Will Mike Evans, though, it's been a while since he's been in the end zone, hasn't scored since week four. Does he score a touchdown this week? No. I I I am worried about Mike Evans. I, I'm at the point I have him on one fantasy team, and I just need to start him because of options and stuff. Like I don't know, can I really sit him for for Zay Jones or Rondell Moore? But what was worrisome to me was that not even the the lack of targets last week, the lack of Brady even looking his way. Like on those last two drives, he did have the one where he was mauled in the end zone and. That would have been a game-catching touchdown, a game-winning touchdown and all of that. He probably catches it because he was wide open before he was tackled. But <laughs> on that last drive, like, he was lined up to Brady's right the entire time, and Brady would snap and look left. Like, he wasn't even remotely looking Mike Evans' way, and that, to me, is very concerning. I'm going to say he scores a touchdown this week. I don't know if it's a huge game for him necessarily, but something just tells me he finds his way into the end zone. I don't love Tom Brady. Like, I wouldn't start Tom Brady if I had other options. And, and like I said, I don't think that's a big blow-up game coming for Mike Evans. But something tells me he will find his way into a touchdown this week. On the other side, we talked about what the Niners may have to do with no Jimmy Garoppolo. And you think Debo could potentially be a part of the answer. Yeah, what, what encourages me about Debo Samuel is last week, all 10 of his targets came from Brock Purdy. That was the most targeted player from uh, Purdy because... CMC finished with 10 targets, but only nine of them were from Brock Purdy. And that's the thing. Like, Purdy averaged 5.3 air yards per attempt last week, uh, which to me shows me that they're trying to ask him to not do too much. They're trying to quickly get the ball out of his hands, make short, safe throws, and let these playmakers do what they do after the catch. And that's where Debo thrives. Like, he continues to be the best receiver on a per-catch basis in terms of yak. So if they're just going to be like, hey, quickly get rid of this ball. I, I think it's what we said on Monday. Debo and CMC are the two Niners you could keep trusting. So if there are two guys they can scheme up touches for in that offense fairly easily, it's Debo and it's Christian McCaffrey. Sunday night football, that's also over at SoFi Stadium, just to my right here. And one, I think this is going to be an incredibly attractive uniform matchup between these yes. two teams. But also, Tua. 
had a bad game. He, he started hot against the 49ers. His first pass went for 75 yards and a touchdown. The rest of the day was not nearly as good for him. Do you expect a big bounce back against the Chargers this week? Yeah, yes. Uh, the 49ers defense is amazing, and the Chargers defense is pretty bad. Like <laughs> that, That's the huge difference there. And the 49ers on the year, they, they're in the bottom, like, uh, they've – allowed a very few they're in the bottom five in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks meanwhile the chargers are in the top six in the last month whereas in the last month the niners are the, the fewest so you're going from the one side of the spectrum to the exact opposite and we've seen with Tua that he can put up big numbers in good matchups I, I do think Tua comes back this week it's just we said last week that that might be the toughest matchup for the Dolphins all year long going against the 49ers, and it did not go well for them. This is a much easier situation, so I think he's going to have a pretty nice performance for you. I also think you can start either of the Dolphins running backs. Now, as I sit here right now doing this show, I can't tell you who's going to be the leader because Jeff Wilson comes, and immediately he takes more than 50% of the snaps. Then last week it was the Raheem Mostert show. He had, I believe, 60% of the snaps, which he turned into a handy seven carries for 30 yards. Blah. I think either way, both these guys are going to have an opportunity to have big games, even if they're still splitting the opportunities just because the Chargers run defense has been gashed, not just this year, but for the last couple of years. It has been a consistent problem for Los Angeles. So I think if you've got Wilson, you're absolutely starting him. If you've got Mostert, I think you can use him as a flex option this week. It's time for Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite. So order with Uber Eats today. Let's talk about this Patriots-Cardinals matchup. Mike, who do you think is going to ball out in this one? I, I think you can start Marquise Brown in this one. And, and the you know what we always hear with the Patriots is like Belichick is going to scheme taking away your best player. Well, that's DeAndre Hopkins. So if he's throwing extra attention D-hops way, I think that just opens up stuff opposite side of the field for Marquise Brown. And it's worth mentioning that uh, we've only seen one game this year where both of them active. It was before their bye last week. And Marquise Brown had more targets than DeAndre Hopkins. I don't expect that to be the norm, but I think it'll vary week to week. Like, I don't think this is a situation where, like, Marquise Brown is the firm second fiddle because D-Hop is going to take so much defensive attention away that Marquise Brown will get his as well. And there's always a threat of the deep ball with he and yes. Kyler Murray having that connection too. So if he can pop a couple of long ones, that definitely improves his outlook for the week. That was Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call, make the right call on delivery. Order with Uber Eats today. This week, NFL players are wearing customized cleats in honor of the causes they support through My Cause, My Cleats. To hear players' stories, bid on their custom cleats for charity, and learn how they are making a difference in their communities, text MCMC to 635-635. So, in case you forgot, Falcons, Bears, Packers, Commanders, Colts, Saints... They all have the week off, so all those players are not going to be available to you, so you might be hurting at a few different positions to try and field a lineup. So we've got some streaming options at quarterback, tight end, and defense because those are generally the onesie positions, the ones where it's harder to find some talent if you need it. So let's start at quarterback. Who is a streaming option for you this week? Ryan Tannehill, which I know you might be like, what? Like, that's kind of gross. I get it, but it's all about the matchup against the Jaguars. Since week six, every quarterback who has played the Jacksonville Jaguars, except for Russell Wilson, has finished as a top 10 quarterback in that week. Uh, in the last month, 
They've allowed the second most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks at 25. Jared Goff, he just scored his most fantasy points in two months. The week before that, Lamar Jackson had that same thing happen, both against this Jaguars defense. And then you add in the fact that the Titans defense really struggles against the pass as well, especially they give up a lot of big plays. I think this could be a sneaky high-scoring game. And the thing is, like, I don't think you're going to have much competition trying to pick up Ryan Tannehill. That's the thing. There's not going to be a lot of folks fist fighting over Ryan Tannehill. I said this game's probably going to be contested through the air, and that, that definitely helps Tannehill's outlook. Hopefully, Traylon Burks is healthy, too, because that's going to yeah. be a, a big impact in that game if he can go. I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins because the Vikings have been eh, – I mean, look, Kirk Cousins this year, I feel like, has been sort of what his reputation makes him out to be, which is just sort of meh. And that's what's happened, right? In the good matchups, he's been pretty good. In the bad matchups, he's been not so good. This is a very good matchup in what I think is going to be a high-scoring game. I know we're going to talk about this game sort of the way we talked about Jags-Lions last week, which, by the way, that was a high-scoring game. It's just that one team scored most of the points (laughs) in that one. I I think this one might be a little bit more even, but I also expect that Kirk Cousins is going to get the ball out to his guys, and this is one of those matchups where I think he can prosper. Had 18 points when these teams met earlier in the season. Not bad. I think he can do at least that maybe a little bit more this week. Over to the tight end spot, which has been a menace for us all year long and hasn't gotten any better. A lot of people have been streaming for a long time at tight end. What is an option for them this week? Hunter Henry, who unfortunately I am picking up and streaming myself in a number of leagues. But the thing is, this is about the matchup. Not only have the Cardinals allowed over 20 fantasy points per game to the position, whereas only one other team allows over 15 per week, to put that into perspective. Uh, but they've allowed the most targets, catches, yards, and touchdowns. That's that's the full allotment of stats that you can allow to a position, and, and they have allowed the most uh, to tight ends. And say you're in a really deep league and Hunter Henry, you miss out on him. I think Jonu Smith is a deep league sleeper because he, outside of Ramon J. Stevenson, leads the Patriots in yak, and we know the Cardinals will give up a bunch of that. I remember how I used to like both Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, and then they went to the same team and functionally disappeared from our lives. (laughs) But I do like him this week as a sleeper because dot, 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 Cardinals. I am going to go back, get my passport stamped, and take another visit to the island of Foster Moreau. And this might be the last week we can talk about using Foster Moreau because Darren Waller says he's ready to come back and could be back for next week's game against New England. So this might be your last chance to stream Moreau. Maybe this means we get Darren Waller back in our lives. We'll see. But the Rams have been pretty bad against tight ends all year long. I talk about how their secondary has given up big plays. They've also been soft sort of underneath and in the middle. And if Foster Moreau can avoid maybe running up on Bobby Wagner, He should be able to get open and earn a few targets and maybe find his way into the end zone. Look, man, if you get six points out of a tight end, then you should be pretty happy about that. If you get, like, ten points and you're over the moon about it, I mean, unless your tight end is Travis Kelsey, and if he only scores you ten points, then you're probably heartbroken. But, like, he's, like, the only one at this point. Defense and special teams. Uh, Anyone that you like this week? This is another one that sounds gross, but Raiders. Yeah. Their defense, I know, it's been bad. But you know what's been worse? The Rams offense. And uh, right now they've allowed the third most fantasy points per game to opposing defenses. They are extremely depleted on both sides of the ball, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They give up sacks. They turn the ball over. That, that's what you want when you're streaming a defense. And there's rumors that Baker Mayfield might try to suit up for this game. That's only a good thing for the Raiders defense because <laughs> he's literally coming in not knowing the playbook or anything like that. He's just going to be, hey, I'm just going to throw it to the same color helmet 
That's going to be his goal for the week if that is the case. I do like the Raiders as a sleeper defense this week. I also like as a sleeper defense the Chiefs, which it's not a defense we talk a lot about in fantasy football for pretty good reason. They haven't been particularly great. But I don't know if you know this about the Broncos offense. It's bad. We literally just spent a couple of minutes talking about Russell Wilson and his bathroom appliances and whether or not he can have more touchdown passes by the end of the year than he has in his house. So this, to me, suggests that the Chiefs really are a good option. The Broncos cannot score points. They are struggling to move the ball consistently. And they could be forced into a situation where they have to be a little bit more one-dimensional. Unless the Broncos' defense can keep the Chiefs out of the end zone, which not impossible but incredibly difficult, this seems like it's going to be a bad game script for Denver and allow the Chiefs to kind of, kind of pin their ears back and come after the quarterback a little bit. So I like them as a sleeper this week. Let's get to some of our top sleepers for week 14. Florio, who you got? Jamison Williams. And I know that DJ Chark is going to be a popular streaming option this week. And I like him too, but I think Jamison Williams is the swing for the fences type of play. He was very limited last week, and Dan Campbell said that. But he said expect more of him next week and said it will be like how they brought back Jerry Jacobs from an ACL injury. Jacobs was limited his first two weeks before they really started to get him more acclimated. But with this being such a big game for the Lions and the fact that the Vikings allow the second most fantasy points to receivers plus the second most play, uh, yards on deep passes, I think the Lions are going to pick their spots and take a couple of deep shots with Jamison Williams. So if you're in need of a swing for the fences type of play, he is the one I would take the shot on. I do love how the Lions like, we want to get him in, we're going to work him in on special teams, and then they don't punt for the entire game. So he doesn't <laughs> even get that opportunity. Since we're talking about the Lions, let's talk about Jared Goff, because I like him as a sleeper this week as well. We keep talking about the Vikings defense. It has been a soft target for a little while now. The Lions offense starting to get hot. We've seen what Amon route St. Brown can do all year long. Now DeAndre Swift is sort of back in part of the passing game. Jamison Williams potentially an opportunity. You mentioned DJ Chark as a guy that could be a nice sleeper option for a lot of teams this week. And Jared Goff is the guy who's sort of taking advantage of all of it. It's not always pretty. It's not always super high scoring, but this feels like a week that you can get him in. Certainly in two QB leagues, but maybe even as a low-end QB1 in one QB leagues as well. We have some sleepers that actually aren't Lions uh, today, too, don't we? Yeah, we do. And, and this is a deep one. But Richie James, because the Eagles secondary on the outsides is probably the best in the league. Like, both of their corners are in the bottom three in passer rating allowed when targeted. But the Eagles are actually in the top ten in yards allowed to receivers lined up in the slot. So I think this is a game where they're going to make life tough on Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodges. But then that means that Richie James could be open and maybe get some bump in volume, especially if the Giants are chasing points, which the Giants are likely chasing points. Hey, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I think that Lions-Vikings game is going to have a lot of points in it. That's why I'm saying Adam Thielen is a sleeper this week. And it has been a while since we have talked about Thielen. The touchdown regression that we have been predicting for a while seems to have hit. So has a regression when it comes to receptions and receiving yards as well. But this feels like an opportunity for him to get more involved. Had six targets last week. He's still on the field a ton, just not getting a whole lot of looks. But in a game that could be back and forth, I think Adam Thielen is in play. A touchdown would certainly help his outlook this week against Detroit. Anybody else you got as a sleeper? I have Ty Johnson. Again, you're going to have to monitor um, 
Michael Carter in his health, but if Carter's banged up or anything like that still, Ty Johnson last week led the Jets' backfield in targets and, and with seven of them, I believe. So he, he's clearly a, a back that they trust in the pass game, and, and that's the thing. Like, if they're chasing points or needing to put up points to keep up with the Bills, he could get more usage again, but as long as Michael Carter is not out there. Yeah, keep an eye on the Jets injury report all week. My last one is the Steelers' defense. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored between the Steelers and the Ravens this week. We also know that Baltimore is not going to have, or at least they don't expect to have, Lamar Jackson. Their wide receiver core is a mess. Mark Andrews has not looked like himself since coming back from the injury. So there's just not a whole lot of reasons to fear this Ravens offense this week. So I think for T.J. Watt and that front line, the secondary can make some plays here. And uh, if you're needing some help on the defensive side of things, Steelers could be a good streaming option for you. For more sleepers, some of those names that I mentioned and maybe some other ones that I didn't mention as well, you can check out my weekly sleepers column at NFL.com slash sleepers. comes out on Thursday morning, so be aware of it then. In the meantime, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if you see me talking to myself, just move along. We're having a team meeting. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy week 14. Hopefully you make the playoffs. And we'll talk to you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.